This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Illinois Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Derek Piper, talking about an 82-72 win for Illinois over Notre Dame at State Farm Center to win their Big Ten ACC challenge. Uh, the Big Ten does go up two to nothing right away in this challenge. As Iowa last second shot by Joe Toussaint of all people uh, defeats Virginia. Uh, gave up a big lead in that one, but Illinois takes care of business. Uh, and the story of the game, Derek, is. Who's playing? That's why we got to show up uh, two hours early and figure out who's actually going to play in this one. Brad Underwood said 44 minutes before the game he really didn't know who he was going to start in this game. Uh, but uh, I think the big story tonight is Trent Frazier, who just six days ago we thought might have had a season and career-ending injury. Reminds me of Io DeSumo a couple years ago. Um Comes out and plays. He didn't even look like going through warm-ups when he first started. He's limping a little bit. Didn't know if he's putting on a show. Don't know how much smoke and mirrors is happening here with what Brad Underwood says before games and all that. But Trent Frazier comes out, plays 32 minutes, and I feel like him coming in the game, Jacob Grandison playing after having the flu, just let everyone else kind of fall into their spots and gave Kofi Coburn and Alfonso Plummer, who combined for 49 tonight, uh, just a little bit of help that they needed. And just this looked like a pretty solid team, especially offensively tonight. Yeah, it did. Once you got past the pregame confusion, just you have the Rostein tweet, and then you have the pregame where Grandison comes out in uniform, Bossman does, Bossman ultimately doesn't play, but Trent doesn't show himself for a while, and, and you're just wondering, you know, what's ultimately going on. And I guess we can take Brad at his word, but that's kind of maybe a little dicey. Maybe right? not Rostein right now. Yeah, I don't know. He's some gamesmanship. Maybe he had some uh, talks with Brett Bielma here of late. Uh, I thought I thought Trent it was gamesmanship. He came out and barely moved was limping and then all of a sudden he did some defensive drills I'm like oh maybe he'll play a little bit then he shot some shots off the dribble all that and then he came in the game and he looks fine right. uh, and, and the kid's just a warrior because you know he's playing through pain yeah uh, I mean that's that's really the, the story there is a very gutsy performance from a veteran that has that NMS's makeup obviously a, a gritty defender and someone that just provides uh, a trustworthy factor at both ends of the floor uh, and that was necessary in a game that you, you hear Kofi and Trent talk about afterwards sounded like they felt like they needed this one and, and for a team that uh, obviously had the disappointing losses to Marquette and Cincinnati and didn't play all that well uh, against Rio Grande Valley they knew that this was a, a tougher test and a, a bigger stage and uh, this team needs to get right they're not ranked anymore I don't know how much that matters to them but this has been a squad backs against the wall couple punches in the mouth they they respond they they find a, that's where their it's comfort so zone is yeah. uh and they yeah. play better when their coach is calling them out for being soft after <laughs> dropping a couple games after fans are getting on them on twitter they don't do well when everyone's praising uh, them they do well when everyone's doubting them it's uh my boy trent valise hates this like all the doubters i'm yeah, doubt. doing this for all the doubters <laughs> your point too like 
and then they but they thrive off that like they need that it feels like and 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 it is gutsy by Trent you know he's hurting and um didn't practice this week uh, according to Brad but came out and and it looked like he just wasn't even thinking of the pain. That's what he said. He just can't think about it. Uh, he probably, most people probably couldn't play through that kind of pain. But uh, kudos to him, man, for, for being able to put this. Because seven points, six assists, three rebounds. doesn't, like, jump out off the page, Derek. Uh, had some, some shots that he probably shouldn't have shot. But, like, he just gave them steady leadership, a voice on both offense and defense, and certainly helped them defensively uh, from stopping some dribble drive. Even though Notre Dame, you know, 72 points, they still had a solid game offensively. But I just thought he was so important in that game. And then Grandison hitting three big threes. I just thought getting that kind of boost for Plummer and Coburn was so big. Yeah, two guys that haven't practiced, and you look at the fact that you combine Trent and Grandison's production, you get 16 points, seven rebounds, 10 assists, only three turnovers between them. Obviously, Trent playing 32-plus minutes is, is really impressive. And, yeah, like you said, uh, for Plummer and Kofi to combined for darn near 75% of your points uh, on Friday to have some extra support, uh, you know, more shot making around them with Grandison. And, and yeah, Trent's just uh, a gritty defender and, and ability to, uh, for another Dame team that did put up some points and, you know, Blake Wesley goes off for them off the bench. But uh, yeah, Trent is a very steadying force uh, and a guy that you feel a lot better about and obviously you could just see Brad when he answers the question you know how'd you feel when when Trent says I'm, I'm playing coach tonight if you need me he's like you feel you feel really really good yeah uh, Demonte Williams apparently now has the flu it's ripping through the team Brad did say they got their flu shots uh, in September uh, but our bodies just that we haven't been around a lot of people don't seem to react to this my family uh, has gone through some of this stuff too so um, but yeah Demonte Williams was puking at halftime Austin Hutcherson out with the flu today we know Benjamin Bossman's Verdonk wasn't expected to play didn't but was here uh, for the game uh, but no Andre Curbelo but they did have a semblance of a point guard uh, with Trent Frazier and I thought that just made everything at least sort of look like what Illinois could look like eventually. Obviously, Corbell is very different than Trent Frazier at the top of this offense, Derek, but Kofi Coburn is just an absolute man-child, and Mike Bray could not stop talking about him. And it was almost great for me because I want to make this point every time with Illini fans. Like, I would assume it was not normal. Kofi Coburn is not normal, and he's a big man, Derek, leading the country in scoring right now. 26.8 points a game after 28 points tonight on 16 shot attempts. I think he made 10 of his first 11, too. So he didn't even end very well. Rushed some shots, took some difficult shots. But 28 points for for Kofi, and Notre Dame just had nothing to compete with him. Uh, And it took Illinois a while to get him the ball in the low post, but once they did, he just absolutely takes over games and just gave everyone else so much space, right? Uh, 11 threes made by Illinois tonight. They put up 27 of them. Uh, Alfonso Plummer, a little bit of chucker tonight, Mm -hmm. uh, shot 11 of them, only made three. But it's just, man, we use the word gravity about Kofi Coburn. There's so much gravity around him. It's why I think, Derek, they can run rough shot over the bottom half of the Big Ten because just like Notre Dame, who's probably in that category, they just have nobody who can compete with him. Just, if you get him the ball in a good position, and Kofi starting to work like Garza a little bit and getting his positioning early in, in, in a game, in, in a possession, man, if you get him his spot, he's just going to dominate. And he's got great touch around the rim now. He really does, yeah. It's one thing to go for 38 against Rio Grande Valley, but to make a high major team look like they have just no answer for you. And he can do that against the majority of teams in, in 
power conferences. And uh, that's why I said before the season, I still believe it. I do think that he's the ultimate trump card in the Big Ten and the Big Ten race. And Illinois is going to have to have more around him to beat at Purdue. Or we'll see how the way Michigan progresses. But uh, until it's proven otherwise, he's the most dominating, best big man in the conference. And, uh, you know, up there with Drew Timmy for the best player in college basketball so uh yeah i mean it's amazing we turned to each other you said just the way his touch is around the basket now his right hook his ability to make those moves his drop step we obviously know about hitting the mid-range jumper don't fall in love with it kofi don't Don't fall in love with no but i I looked at you and said remember when he used to like shot put it at the rim and just hope it goes in I mean, he had one off the glass. He had a couple off the glass, a couple that were like five feet from the rim. He's got really good touch. I, I, it's amazing how much he's developed. And that's kudos to Orlando Antigua, Jeff Alexander, uh, all these coaches uh, for, for developing that because he's gotten a lot better at finishing. Yeah, and obviously Fletch with the body for yep. sure. I mean, playing, what was it, 32 minutes? Uh, he's, Poor Omar Payne can't get that playing yeah, time. He can't, no. But, uh, yeah, certainly a guy that's developed his skill set and the thunder dunk on the baseline was also awesome to see i thought the stanchion was coming down i thought that was the (laughs) one the stanchion was coming down i mean you just you can't deal with him and he goes to the free throw line and and he's able to make a a good percentage of those and for a team that only made one shot in the final you know 950 of the game i know a lot of that was a a decent amount of it was getting to the free throw line illinois didn't really execute all that great you wouldn't say that they were beautiful in closing time by any means but yeah certainly with kofi in the middle there he's He's a problem. It's <laughs> definitely a problem. Uh, just enjoy it, because um, if it's one, if it's probably didn't, probably didn't think you were getting a third year of Io. Probably didn't think you were getting a third year of Kofi. Illinois is really lucky, and Brad Underwood's probably really lucky that they get that because it's just rare in college basketball to get three years of those kind of guys. Gonzaga's getting it with Timmy, right? It's just pretty amazing what he's been able to do as well. Uh, Alfonso Plummer, 21 points, right? Made eight free throws in the last, I, I believe it was three minutes of the game. He's deadly from there. If he gets the free throw line, he's going to score those points. Uh, chucked it a little bit tonight, Derek. But right now with this roster, you're going to take it. But his development is huge. I mean, his confidence right now, uh, I don't want to tell him red light. Uh, don't shoot that shot because they need his scoring. Uh, and I got a t- I got a message from, from one of our subscribers who's who's a, a writer elsewhere. And uh, he said, man, he's what we thought we'd get from Adam Miller last year offensively. And I think Adam Miller would have had a good year this year for LSU if not for injury. But offensively, Plummer is giving this team a, a big boost. Defensively, he's got issues, right? Notre Dame, 1.12 points per possession. That's not good for most nights, but uh, Alfonso Plummer giving you the scoring burst you need, especially with Curbelo out. A veteran with unshakable confidence, some toughness to him, obviously. I mean, there, there's some, some Andres Felice-like uh, qualities a little bit there, obviously like Adam Miller as a shooter. and uh, I mean, three straight games with at least 20 points. is You're not going to argue with that production. And there were some shots that he – that he forced a little bit. He was feeling himself, and but you like the the way he's playing right now, where his confidence is at, and uh, obviously someone that can be a microwave as a shooter. And I, I was encouraged by, uh, you know, we've been talking about sometimes his off the dribble game isn't there, or it's inconsistent, and I, I do think that that's still ultimately the case. But tonight he had some nice plays off the dribble, uh, getting to the rim, getting fouled, and then also you know dumped one off the Kofi, I know, for a nice pass. So uh, that was encouraging to see. And while Trent Frazier's not 100% and Corbello's not out there, Hutcherson is, is not playing, DeMonte's throwing up in the locker room, you need a guy to just say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to get my clips up, I'm feeling good right now. And, again, I mean, 
you need someone to step up like that, and that's great to see for Plummer. We're seeing growing pains for Coleman Hawkins, aren't we? Uh, the last four games combined, and, and we didn't expect him to continue with, uh, what, 15 points a game uh, he got in those first three games. But uh, 25 points over the last four games. Did have seven boards tonight, but went quickly to the bench with with, uh, three turnovers in four minutes, including two offensive fouls. Um, Lost some people defensively, which continues to be an issue for him. We we know how good he can be. Coleman Hawkins can be massive, and that putback with about five minutes left was just huge because Notre Dame cuts it uh, to two possessions, and Coleman just has energy, goes to the glass, gets it, gets an easy putback because of his length and athleticism. Um, They need that more consistently, right, and figuring that out and being consistent defensively and not letting your emotions get the best of you sometimes. Like, he's going to be really good. Um, It's just that part of your second year where you're counted on Derek. We've seen this with so many guys. He's going through that process of figuring that out. And and Brad Underwood loved up on him a little bit when he did some good things tonight. So uh, you could tell, like, that's Brad Underwood's project right now is just getting Coleman Hawkins to be consistent. Because once he does, Derek, and it could be this season – uh, he's going to really lift this team's ceiling. Yeah, I mean, he has the skills offensively. He has the athletic tools. He can do a lot of different things. And they're in both second halves of go back to Friday's game. He was very crucial and it had a nice second half. Bounce back from what was an atrocious start tonight, losing Nate Lachesky. Like in terms of the scouting report, that's at the very top. Don't let that guy who shot forty six percent from three last year. I mean, Mini Vooch. Yeah, he looks he like looked, him, right? he looks exactly like uh, a young young Vooch, by the way. Sorry. Yeah, you are not a help defender when you're guarding him, but he did that twice early on in the game, and twice that was three pointers that were in the in the bottom of the net. Also had a couple offensive fouls, so uh, still going to have some moments, and still going to have to prove it in terms of high major opponents, and and really having this, the success that he saw early in the season uh, against some some lower level competition. But you're still excited about the upside, uh, the fact that yeah he does make those energy plays uh, that was crucial with the putback had a I think it was early second half when he had the lob uh, that Trent threw him for a dunk so uh, it's just continuing to piece it together and still are in the season but uh, he's had his moments where you're you're wanting to to get him a little bit more engaged or get him to shake off some of the some of the I don't know mentally he reels a little bit and you got to make him a little bit more steady. I thought Illinois got uh, solid minutes from their freshman combo tonight. R.J. Melendez makes the start, the sixth starting lineup in seven games uh, for Brad Underwood. Apparently he rolled his ankle. Uh, was that in shoot-around, he said? Yeah. Uh, shoot-around this morning. And R.J. didn't feel too good, but, hey, he felt good at uh, tip-off. 14 minutes from him, six points, two big threes, and, and I think they were both early. Uh, one assist, one rebound, uh, and he had a block. He had some flashes defensively, Derek, that are really good. Then he has flashes that are really, really bad. Uh, he likes to jump at shooters a lot. Um, he needs to stop doing that because they pump fake at this level and then they take out the dribble and uh, it, it breaks down a defense. But uh, Solomon, he was a minus two, the only guy that was minus in the plus minus tonight. But still, I think you see flashes of RJ that give you a lot of hope for the future and, and maybe he can play some decent minutes at some points this year. Luke Goody's just solid, man. Like, he didn't do anything spectacular, made a three tonight, had a steal couple rebounds. I thought he played solid defense, plus three. Um, but those guys aren't scared. Like, like Melendez and, and Goody tonight in a huge game where you think that you might have to count on those guys a lot. Um, I just thought they had a little bit of poise tonight. Yeah, Melendez doesn't even play at Marquette and has had games where he's 
you know, had very sparingly uh, used minutes, and and then tonight, oh, you're you're starting tonight, and it's a big game, and it's nationally televised, and he hits a couple of threes that were that were really you know good to get Illinois going, and uh, for a team that hasn't been. Uh, at its peak in terms of shooting, they, they had a nice balance of, of different guys stepping up and hit threes. He was one of them. Uh, Luke hit another one as well. And uh, I think Luke's favorite play was mixing it up on a jump ball against uh, home in-state home, you know, uh, high major team with Lucheski. Did Notre uh, Dame offer? No. Butler offered. I don't know if you count. I mean, the kid screams Indiana. None, yeah, of, these, none of these high major Indiana schools are – are offering, but yeah, I mean, I just think Luke Goody, like, how can he not? Like, that play shows his toughness. What Underwood call him a tough hombre. Yeah, it's just he he plays like a vet man. And for all these like four star freshmen who are like seventy five to one hundred and fifty in the rankings, just watch Luke Goody. Like, that's how you get on the court at a high major team with good players right away. Is you just play consistent within your role. Luke Goody knows how to do that, man. Yeah, I, I don't want to dog Tevian Jones too much I mean I like I was a Tev guy for uh, at one time but uh Tevian we saw early in his career was you know I'm gonna get on the court and I'm gonna shoot as soon as I touch it and not that Luke isn't looking to shoot but uh he is looking for other areas to impact the game rather than just I'm a scorer I'm gonna prove my worth in that sense and uh you know who did that great sorry when he was a freshman Malcolm Hill I remember like his freshman year this kid's score, gets buckets, and he's rebounded, tried to play defense, play within his role, and it got him on the court a lot. Yeah, that, that doesn't happen a whole lot for freshmen, uh, and they do maybe force the issue at times or don't fully understand. I mean, if you listen to Brad's press conference, he said, you know, I kind of dictate playing time, for, especially for freshmen, based on how much I trust him defensively. Uh, Luke is a guy that's willing to, to do anything and everything, play very, very tough, bring the intensity, and yeah, he certainly endeared himself to a lot of fans, and just listen to the way that his teammates talk about him. Yeah, no, there, there's no doubt about that. Um, and, and he continues to just show a little bit of leadership on the floor as well. All right, Derek, so this to me just felt like a little bit of, okay, steadying the ship, right? Like, like let's, we, can, we can handle this. We're dealing with the flu right now, but Trent is back. Like, how big of a, a thing is this? 32 minutes. I didn't even think you'd get 32 minutes of him over the next month when that injury happened. So to get him back is huge for this team. Um, you know, all the other guys basically outside of Curbelo are dealing with the flu. That's temporary. Um, so you're starting to get healthy. The big question is Curbelo. And Brad Underwood is, is not really giving any details of what he's going through. He said he's not in the concussion protocol is he dealing? He's obviously dealing with post-concussion symptoms or, or some issues after having that concussion. So we don't know when he'll be back. Um, could it be within the next week or two? I would think so. But, um, you know, obviously he came back, had some issues, and, and now has to sit again. So they're obviously doing the best thing for Andre right now. But it's just felt like, Derek, a settled-down game. Everyone kind of played their roles well. Everything kind of fit into place. And, you know, non-conference usually is about a team figuring this out, figuring out your roles, like what can we do, what can't we do, and starting to gain some confidence. I felt like this was at least a small step in that direction for a not healthy team yet, but for a team that hasn't had most of its key pieces, tonight felt like a huge step in the right direction. Now you got Rutgers, who hasn't played well 3-3, three and three, where hopefully you can do that yet again because you're behind everybody and kind of figuring out all these roles, but tonight felt like a huge step there. 
Yeah, I think it's a game that certainly gives you confidence, a game that says, okay, you know, we're not that far away from being the team that we thought we can be. And there's still a lot to prove, obviously. Notre Dame, how good of a team are they? They're, they're probably a middling ACC team and one that last year was not good defensively at all, had scoring potential, uh, and they haven't – they haven't looked all that great early on the season. Of course, Illinois was having their own issues and a lot of injuries, illness, and you just had to gut this one out. And you use the home environment, the fact that Notre Dame was first true road game of their season, and just be able to, to go out there and come together, kind of feel the all-hands-on-deck mentality and uh, contribute to a victory and then get ready for Big Ten play. So ideally, you have Curbelo come back, hopefully – for Big Ten, you don't want to rush him. You want to make sure that he's right. That's that's first and foremost, obviously. It is just kind of an interesting situation with after Kansas State, you hear, well, he was, Brad said, well, he was good in practice on Wednesday and then he didn't play. So, like, I, I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of question about, I mean, clearly his neck was something that was very evident against Kansas State as being uncomfortable for him. So You also saw him wincing at yeah. times, you know what I mean? So, like, he's just dealing with something. And, and I understand it's a student-athlete. He's, Brad's going to keep it a little bit hush-hush uh, yep. about exactly what he's going through. Understand all of that, but it is odd, and we just don't know when he will be back. I would think they try to get him back uh, within the next week if he's clear. Like, if he's if he's good to go, he's going to be good to go because yeah. uh, Rutgers – I hope you could beat without him because they're just not playing very well right now and losing Miles Johnson. I don't love their chances against Kofi Coburn, uh, but you know that you're going to play tough, right? Even on the road here at Illinois, I was a test man. Um, those Murray boys can play basketball, and Jordan Bohannon uh, remains a pest, and that is still a tough pace to play. And that's just a week away. Yeah, it absolutely is, and, and that is going to be a tough one. Just offensively, and the fact that Illinois. Uh, the defensive end is still progressing, still trying to get back to where they were last year. And it's going to be a process. But, uh, yeah, I think just answering the call from their head coach that really challenged them, uh, said that they were you know, extremely soft in the, in the previous game. And uh, to see the way that Kofi is coming into his own, I mean, not coming into his own, but just dominating and asserting himself like, I'm here. I am the man. <laughs> I am the man. Uh, everything's going to be all right. Try and stop me. So uh, while there was a lot of, I mean, understandable, like disappointment, frustration, angst around the way this team had been playing recently, this doesn't calm everything, but it it, it is a step towards like, okay, we're, we're starting to figure this thing out. Once we get right, once we get healthy, then we'll really see uh, if they live up to that billing. Yeah, because I'm just looking here. you got two conference games, and you get Arizona, St. Francis, Missouri win that game, finally, right? Uh, and Florida A&M, and then you really get into the heart of Big Ten play, and you actually have a pretty favorable start to Big Ten play. Minnesota at uh, at Minnesota, which is not going to be a good team. Maryland at home. I know Minnesota's won games. They haven't really played anybody. And then Nebraska on the road. Mm-hmm. So you got, you know, I know this is some road games, but these are against teams you are better than. And then you get the Michigan and Purdue at home back-to-back, which will be a lot of fun by that point. But I can see... By the time Michigan, Purdue, those games come up in mid-January, Derek. Yeah, they'll probably drop a game or two uh, along the way, but I think Illinois will be back to being ranked. It will feel good about like, hey, this team can compete near the top of the Big Ten again. Because you can see, like, there is, there's still a lot of talent. They got to figure things out defensively. But I think tonight was a sign that offensively, this team's way better than it was showing uh, against Marquette in Cincinnati. Yeah, absolutely. You got shooters for sure, and you're gonna have to. 
uh, still prove that ultimately you're just drastically better as a, sh- as a shot-making team, but Alfonso is certainly showing it here. Uh, you know that Goody can make some shots, and uh, ultimately you would imagine that I like the fact that DeMonte very early on, first offensive possession, no hesitation, shot that three. and Assist Kofi Coburn. Assist Kofi Coburn has matched his season high from last year already. Uh, that's yeah, good. he's got five assists through, what, four games? He had five yeah. assists all of last season. Man, that's... <laughs> Progression, progression for sure. Just call him Jokic. <laughs> right. Uh, but, I mean, there's there's still a lot of opportunity in front of you. Uh, Big Ten games, you, you can't take anything for granted there, and uh, you're going to have to be tough. And you know how Steve Peichel's teams like to battle and grit, and Harper's been a problem. But you should win that game. And, and Iowa going on the road, and it's going to test your defense. But uh, – they don't have a, a good matchup for Kofi either. So uh, I would really circle. I wouldn't look past anybody, obviously, but the the Arizona game is a marquee game on your home floor against a team that's playing really, really well, has a lot of size. Uh, and then beyond that is a favorable stretch as you were breaking down before you get to the meet of January and that Michigan-Purdue back-to-back. So, yeah, uh, this team still has a lot of talent, still has a lot to like about it, and uh, this was a nice calming calming response to, to some of the things that have been going on for them. Yeah, Brad Unders said it was a hiccup, adversity, um, and we're still facing it. We're still going to have t- uh, tough uh, tough stretches here, but he said, I, I still think this team can be really, really good. Um, he, he still believes this team can be really good. So it's a long season. It's a long process. We'll see where they go from here. That'll do it for me, Jeremy Warner, Derek Piper at State Farm Center. We're going to have a podcast uh, talking about Dane Danger, so we'll get to that. We've been really busy the last couple of days with all the news at Illini Inquirer. And I do want to shout out, thanks to all of our new subscribers, more than 100 uh, during the past couple of days, taking advantage of our great sale. We appreciate your support, and uh, I think you'll love all this stuff coming up. Derek Piper put out a bomb uh, at halftime. I also put out... Uh, uh, five 2022 prospects you want to check out. So check that out on the site. Right now we'll have more from this game as well. Player grades, Joey Wagner and, and Derek Piper will have some content from this as well. Uh, so appreciate you all listening. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate that. Rate us, review us. And uh, for everybody, take care of each other. And we'll talk to you next time on the Online Enquirer Podcast.